When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is ESPN Radio. Is Jerry Jones' stubbornness going to cost the Dallas Cowboys a run at the Super Bowl? Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin hanging out with you this morning here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So Jerry Jones, he's at it again. And this time, by at it again, I mean he does not want to pony up and pay Zach Martin, who is right now a holdout at training camp. He has missed the first five games of training camp here, Courtney. That is costing him $50,000 for every day that he does not show up. But Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, doesn't sound like he is going to be paying Martin anytime soon. Here was the owner on NFL Live with Ed Werder. We're going to be judicious with our money. (laughs) I'm not sure that was the right sound. But Jerry Jones says, oh, no, we do. We have to be judicious with our money. There you go. That was the sound. Okay, I thought there was going to be more to that sound, Courtney. But apparently that was his one comment when it came to the holdout of Zach Martin. He went on to say it's not about precedent. It's about the need to pay players like Micah Parsons. We need money to pay other players, and we have to be able to pay them in the future. It's not even about philosophy. It's basically Jerry Jones saying, Courtney, it's just about this salary cap. And they restructured his deal. Like So Zach Martin signs that deal. I think it was five, six years, $84 million. It was in 2018. So at the time, made him one of the highest-paid interior offensive linemen. And then they restructure that deal during the offseason so they can have some cap flexibility, to your point. And what did they do last week? They signed Trayvon Diggs to a five-year, $97 million deal, making him one of the highest-paid cornerbacks in the NFL. Jerry's thinking about this from the perspective of having these resources. The money's always going to be there. Never let a team tell you, oh, sorry, we don't have enough money to pay players. We saw that with the New York Giants last week, paying an offensive lineman after posturing that they don't have the money to pay Saquon Barkley. They just don't want to. That's what this whole thing boils down to. Jerry Jones does not want to pay one of his best offensive linemen because he feels that value is not there for the position that he wants to spend his money on other places. You can do that. You're the owner of this team. You're the one who signs these checks every single week. The problem is you're expecting Dak Prescott to cut down on interceptions this year. You're expecting Dak Prescott to lead you past the divisional playoffs. You're expecting Dak Prescott, a quarterback who is dependent on the players around him, to be at the level where he needs to be to get this team out of this slump. And you need an off. You need Zach Martin. He's the best offensive lineman on the team. You heard Chris Canty there at the top of the segment say he might be he's like top two on this team. He might not be number two. That's a pretty big statement, especially when it comes to the pass protection, the element for Dak Prescott that he absolutely needs. And I look at the situation. I look at Jerry Jones's stubbornness, and these public comments do not serve him well at all. Of course, he's putting it out there that he doesn't want to pay this player to make it known that the buck stops with him. But there might like this rigidness does not help him whatsoever, Amber, in the quest to get a Super Bowl because it makes him sound stubborn. It makes it does not reflect well on the rest of the locker room. And yes, we know they have to do cap planning. 
Jerry Jones, you don't need to cap plan for Micah Parsons right now. I mean, this is a year-to-year league. You will have those resources when his time comes due after after the 2023 season to pay him what he's owed. Helping your offensive line stay intact and rewarding a player who has absolutely deserved it, that's common sense from any owner, and especially along the offensive line where we have seen teams willing to go all in for interior pass protection because ask, ask anybody, ask any quarterback in the NFL. When pressure's coming up the middle, you want to have guys who can block for you that are more than capable of doing that. Zach Martin has shown he is that guy. And now the Dallas Cowboys are in a predicament where he's not in training camp. And who knows when he ends up showing up if he doesn't get that deal. I don't think I hate this quite as much as you hate this. Because, yes, you obviously need the protection. But in fairness to Jerry, we are talking about a player in Zach Martin who has multiple years left on his deal. And where I disagree with what you just said is when you're saying you'll find the money, you don't have to worry about the future in terms of cap planning for the Micah Parsons and all the other, by the way, there's several players here coming up over the next couple of years who are key players for the Dallas Cowboys who they're going to have to pony up and pay a lot of money to. I think that that's exactly what you have to do. I do think you have to consider that when you're talking about extending a player beyond the already multiple multiple years that he has left on his contract. He's making 13 and then 13 and a half over the next two seasons. And so for a player who already has two years still under contract, who's coming to you now and saying, I need more years and a whole lot more money, which I understand Zach Martin, I understand why Zach Martin feels like he has earned that at his position in this league. But Jerry Jones does have to do his job here as well as the general manager, right? And I do think he does have to concern himself with, hey, if I hand Zach, Will, Zach Martin all this money and I do it over the next four or five years then what does that mean for these other key pieces that are all coming down the pipe in another year or two more years and so I, I do think that's part of the equation I think it's easy to pile on Jerry Jones because it's Jerry Jones and because of the way that he handles these things but if you also look at the numbers if you're Jerry and you we don't know what's inside Zach Martin's head but Jerry probably knows the situation better than we do if he's looking at the numbers he's looking at what Zach Martin's being fined he's looking at the fact that we're talking about a vet at that position and a vet behind that position at Dak Prescott. And you're thinking, okay, these guys don't really need training camp, right? And so right now I'm not, my hand's not going to be forced here. He's taking these hefty fines. I do think that he's going to be motivated to show up during the season at some point because it's going to hit him where he counts in the pocketbook. And if you think Zach Martin's going to end up playing for you this season, then I could see the apprehension of going ahead and extending him for a lot of years. I just look at this situation, and I think that Zach Martin, remember, in March, right before free agency, they cleared $30 million in salary cap space when they restructured Dak's deal and they restructured Zach Martin. He looks at himself and he realizes he, you know, where the rest of the offensive line, the interior of the offensive line market is going, and that he should be among the top earners at that position, that he shouldn't have to take any, make any sort of sacrifice and take any sort of pay cut to continue to perform at a high level among an offensive line group that frankly Amber is a collection of pieces right now like I'm looking through their depth chart I mean they've you know the last 5 years they added they have a like an all pro tackle at left tackle in Tyron Smith there's Travis Frederick who's an all pro center Zach Martin all pro right guard he wants to get paid the way that those other guys who he shares the same title with all pro player he wants to make sure that his earnings reflect that and when they don't you then lose leverage as a player. Now, 
fifty thousand dollars a day is no it's not, it's not a drop in the bucket I mean that stuff ends up adding up we've been in camp now for a week how many more days he wants to end up going on with this hold out and not showing up that's going to be relative to what he thinks he can actually get out of the Dallas Cowboys but if Jerry Jones is going to make this staunch take the staunch stance on this kind of the way that we heard from Jim Irsay over the weekend with we are not going to trade Jonathan Taylor they don't want to pay Jonathan Taylor we'll see what that ends up how that situation ends up playing out but these owners coming out and having a very firm stance on be here or don't get paid and no we're not going to change our mind on this I don't feel like it's as hard a hard line in the sand as much as they're making it being to me this is a leverage play because they don't want to pony up the cash but eventually as we know deadlines getting closer to the regular season usually that sparks some action so maybe that's the case here with Zach Martin but I'm not surprised that Jerry is kind of stepping in this year because he's in his 80s he says he wants to win his, he like he's kind of putting the onus on Mike McCarthy now with the changes in the offensive play caller and all those things to make Dak better this year to win a Super Bowl this sort of discourse and this sort of friction this creates in the locker room when you see other players like Trayvon Diggs getting paid doesn't help matters. It doesn't help matters. I, I don't disagree with that at all. But I, I do think that if you're Jerry Jones, you do have to be concerned, obviously, about the future of the team. And you do have to be concerned, obviously, about the salary cap. You can't just – Zach Martin's an excellent player. Everybody knows that. But I also understand the apprehension of just paying a guy what because of the goodness of your heart. You know, you have two years left on this deal that made him the highest-paid guard in the entire National Football League back when he signed that deal. He signed the deal back then. And so from the owner's perspective, in the front office perspective, that's the frustration when these guys who still have years left on a deal that made them at the time the highest paid at the position. And Jerry Jones did step up and pay him as the highest paid at that position. And then they come back and they say, oh, Jerry, by the way, times have changed. And yes, of course they have. But also, you're not the only player on the team and you're 32 years old at this point. And I don't want to find myself in a position where I'm paying you for past performance because I'm going ahead and extending you for four more years when you're entering your mid-30s. And I, I just think that that it's, I guess, a more complicated conversation than people make it out to be because I don't think here Jerry Jones taking some time with this with Zach Martin is as crazy as most people do most people just think Jerry you want to win a Super Bowl just pay everybody and like that's not how it works in a salary cap league no, you know? in fairness to Jerry and and I'm not I'm not excusing everything that he's done I I, I always thought Amari, letting Amari Cooper walk was a much bigger deal to Dak than people realize. I mean, I understand what you're saying about putting Dak in the best position to win, but also you can't just pay people out of the no, goodness but of like, your heart. Think about Ezekiel Elliott in the situation where they release them this year and they have to carry that $6 million cap charge. Like, Why not just give that sort of money? That's probably all it would take to end up making Zach Martin happy. Give him like a three-year, $21 million, like restructure his deal to reflect that. Three years, $21 million. If his if his team's being unreasonable at that point, we don't know if that's been offered. I'm just throwing numbers out there. That would make him the highest paid interior offensive lineman and just be done with it. Because I just don't think they're as far off as maybe they're trying, as least as the narrative out there is trying to seem that he's being unreasonable in his demands. He wants to be the highest paid interior offensive lineman. Go ahead and make him it because he's performed at that level. If we're splitting hairs here over a couple million dollars where we know, like, I'm with you on cap planning. It is important, but this is a win-now league. And the Dallas Cowboys, last I checked, haven't won a Super Bowl in three decades. And they are very much in win-now mode with this group, with this offense, with this quarterback, with this head coach. 
Jerry's going to be kicking himself at the end of the year if this ends up being one thing that snowballs into another that ends up costing this team its chance to win a Super Bowl. But, again, like, it's not my money. It's not your money. It's fun to talk about other people's money here and what they should end up doing with it. That's one of my favorite things about our jobs. It's always easy to tell these owners to just spend, 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 right, or these front offices to spend their money. We'll see if Jerry Jones ends up doing that with Zach Martin or if finally the fines add up and Zach Martin ends up showing up for the Dallas Cowboys regardless. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin, where do things stand with Dalvin Cook after visiting the New York Jets? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is ESPN Radio. If Aaron Rodgers tells me to relax one more time, Courtney. (laughs) Every time I hear that sound, it still just cracks me up. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio. You can find her on social at Courtney R. Cronin. You can find me as well at Amber W. Sports. We always love when you join the conversation. You're always welcome to here on ESPN Radio. Give us a holler. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. That is where we find Don. Don is calling us from Dallas. Hey, Don, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Uh, I want to talk about the uh, – hey, thanks for the call. I want to talk about the running back situation here. Um, if they feel like these guys are under are not valued and they want them to do things that's uh, above their pay grade, like catch the ball like a wide receiver, block – 280-pound defensive end and tackles like guards and tackles. How about they just do their job, what they're paid to do, just run the ball, don't block, don't catch the ball, and all the all the running backs need to come together and do that. Don't hold out, don't hold in, just go to work and do what you're just supposed to do. Run the ball. If they want to call a play action, don't, don't make that block. That's for the guards and tackles to do. Don, this is incredible. This is <laughs> the – you're telling the play caller at this point 
let's use the let's use Tony Pollard for example because you're calling from Dallas don't know if you're a Cowboys fan but I like to assume so <laughs> let's say Tony Pollard tells Mike McCarthy now nah, I'm good don't call this screen for me I'm literally going to stand there and not catch the ball how do you think that's going to be received it's certainly it's certainly going to help his value by the way <laughs> yeah that doesn't help <laughs> when, you the, get paid when the goal anymore. is get paid. also what's funny is the guys who have gotten paid the Christian McCaffrey's of the world are the guys who do it all right or even mm-hmm. Austin Eckler who was able to figure out a way to stay with his team and be somewhat satisfied with that. So it's actually the guys I would say that have developed even more beyond just running the ball that are maybe the most valued right now at that position. Not that anybody's particularly valued. We do particularly value here though. Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter. And Kimberly, thanks so much for joining us. I'm not going to start with running backs. I'm actually going to start with Aaron Rodgers because apparently he wants us to keep his coaches' names out of your mouth. And hopefully that doesn't apply to us because it would be really hard for us to do our jobs if we weren't able to talk about Aaron Rodgers coaches, but it does actually apply to Sean Payton. What did you make of Aaron Rodgers? Just take an aim at Sean Payton for his comments. I loved it. First of all, I, I, I love this entire storyline. I hope we double staff this game. Uh, week five Broncos jets because I live for this kind of stuff. Um, here's the thing. I don't know Aaron Rodgers. Don't know him personally. Can't speak to the type of person he is. But what I loved about it was everything I've been told since he came here, everything I've been told by Robert Sala specifically, he said whatever the outside perception of Aaron is, I don't know what it is, but if people think he's a selfish guy, I can tell you he's not that. He is a thoughtful guy. He is a guy who cares about his teammates. I was at practices, saw Aaron Rodgers, spending as much time with defensive players as he does offensive players, going through uh, drills with Zach Wilson, talking to him, correcting him, showing him, you know, supporting him. So that's the Rodgers that we've seen in Florham Park. And, you know, you might, we all have family. We could say whatever we want, but we don't want anybody else talking about our family. That's the reality. And this may be a new family for Aaron Rodgers, but he, as of right now, is all in and is invested. And Nathaniel Hackett's his, his boy. So I, I love that fire from Aaron Rodgers. And I think, this Jets team now has that general, that like guy who's going to say, yo, that's that's not OK. And we're not standing for it. And now it's a, it's to me, it's not a dead issue. But having Aaron Rodgers kind of put it to bed and, and putting Peyton in his place and saying that didn't that didn't go over well here. I know it didn't go over well in the building, but I like that Aaron Rodgers put that on record. Yeah. This might not be the last that we hear of these comments. No. So, I mean, it no. might be the last for now, but going into week five, you know we're bringing these things back yes. up and the target that's going to be on the Denver Broncos after Sean Payton made those comments. Yet he didn't actually say, I am sorry for what I said about Nathaniel Hackett. Really? Yeah. Neither here nor there. Um, you know what is here is Dalvin Cook. He was not too far from where you're sitting right now at the seaport in Florham Park at training camp on Sunday. There were chants for him from the crowd. Last I checked, though, he didn't sign an offer yet so don't know if he ended up leaving without one or if he's still there what's the latest that you're hearing on Dalvin Cook and the Jets you think this one's gonna happen so you know what after all the pomp and circumstance of the weekend I mean think about it that was a very surreal free agent video a visit when was the last time you've seen a guy do a media tour then show up to practice Fans in full view chanting to sign the contract and he watches practice he's standing with the owner watching the team that he's talked about, oh, you know, they're building something here. Um, Dalvin has said it looks like things are heating up. But to your point, Courtney, uh, as of right now, my phone 
my phone, I haven't gotten any text that Dalvin has signed the deal yet. Um, so that's what I find most interesting because watching him at practice at this point almost felt like just go in the building and sign the contract. Like it feels like you are already part of the team. You spent all this time. But keep in mind, Dalvin also called playing in Miami a Cinderella story because he's a Florida guy. Keep in mind that our own Jeremy Fowler had reported before the Jets visit that the, he was in talks with the Patriots about going for a visit. So I don't know. I don't know. Is Dalvin Cook using the Jets to to drive up the price with Miami or New England? Uh, I wouldn't fault him for that. But if you want to if you want to join a team that looks like it's on the verge of something and you spend all this time in Florham Park, to me it makes sense to to sign with the Jets. But I don't fault, and especially running backs right now. You know what? He's a guy unlike Saquon and Josh Jacobs who is wanted. That there are multiple teams interested, right? Um, so I, I don't know what's in Dalvin's head, but I would I would hope that he would do what's best for him. And I don't know in his mind if, if signing with the Jets is the right thing. We're going to see very soon. It's okay, Dalvin. We'll forgive you in Miami <laughs> for flirting with the New York Jets. We all have uh, flirtations in our past that are regrettable. Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin here on ESPNU and ESPN Radio. Let's stick with the running back theme here. Let's talk Jonathan Taylor in this now beef with his owner, Jim Ursay of the Indianapolis Colts. What do you make of that ugly situation that it, continues to develop, Court, uh, Kimberly, it, by the way, overnight on X? Because I think we're all Xing now, I guess. So. <laughs> Nothing is more tragic to me than this situation. Like I can't even. I'm, I, I'm not calling it that. I'm not. I, re- I refuse. I, I refuse. Um, when he exited, I don't even know what to call it now. Um, <laughs> it's so stupid. No, it, it it it's it's crazy to me that this situation has deteriorated so quickly and so publicly. Like, don't get me wrong. Jonathan Taylor was not was not happy before this weekend. Um, but I don't know how you. The relationship clearly is fractured. I don't know how. You know, to use the phrase, I don't know how you put the toothpaste back in the tube at this point. The problem here is that Jonathan Taylor doesn't really have much leverage. Um, you know, they're under no obligation to trade him. Ursay has said, we're not trading him. It would take a team giving up, you know, a substantial package for him. But here's the thing. If another team was willing to give up that much, if you're saying we want a lot of compensation for him, then obviously he's valuable, which then brings into question his point of, yo, pay me what I'm worth. I don't know how the situation unfolds because if he doesn't play, if he purposely sits out or doesn't, he's fined, and then he can lose an accrued season towards free agency, which is is his ultimate goal. So I don't know what the the play is here for for Jonathan Taylor in particular. Um, because they could keep him, and then they could franchise him, and then we're in a Saquon situation. So so I don't know. I don't think Jim Ursay clearly is going to be budged off his mark unless it's some crazy offer from another team. Another day, another ugly running back mm-hmm. story, right? Kids, if you're out there playing football, Do maybe not. running back isn't the no. position Athlete. that you want to target growing up, right? Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN <laughs> NFL reporter. Thanks, Kimberly. Thank you. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, we got a lot going on. You absolutely are not going to want to miss it. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. The Chicago Bears, Jay, did they get better, worse, or are they the same? I think they're going to be better. I, I think another year for Justin Fields. Obviously, he talked about earlier being a top five running quarterback, but I think you're going to see the evolution in the passing game for Justin Fields this year. And obviously, with the addition of DJ Moore, I think that gives yep. him a legitimate wide receiver one. The Chicago Bears have certainly upgraded at least in terms of pass catchers surrounding Justin Fields. Is Justin Fields ready to take that next step? Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson hanging out with you here on ESPNU and on ESPN Radio. And Courtney, of course, covers the Chicago Bears for us here at ESPN and NFL Nation. So, Courtney, let's talk about your training camp observations. You've been at camp. You're all sunburned from being at camp here the past week. Do you feel like Justin Fields is looking a little bit more comfortable? Does he feel like he's going to take that next step that we're all expecting I do and we're not in pads yet so you can't overreact to anything you see but I go back to Saturday's practice which was a heavy red zone day for the offense and the way that Fields and DJ Moore every day have had that splash play that leads you to believe wow okay this chemistry that they're building is something that can last and how quickly it's come on has surprised not only us watching it on a daily basis Amber but both guys. I mean, I remember asking Fields in May, rather June, at the end of a minicamp, how he felt that connection with DJ Moore was coming on. He said it came on quicker than he expected. And then on Saturday, during our Back Together weekend coverage, I, I had a chance to catch up with DJ Moore about it. And even he was a little surprised at just the speed in which those two were able to get on the same page. So seeing those things, seeing how the offense with more weapons around Justin Fields is beginning to build towards stringing together a passing game that looks better than the league's worst last year. The only logical place for this thing to go is up, but you're already starting to see those things come to fruition early in training camp. Now, it'll. I think the interesting thing here is going to be the other receivers not named DJ Moore. What the Bears do not want to happen is a situation that they had with Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall where Jay Cutler locked in on Brandon Marshall. And that felt like the entire offense for a period of time. They've got to see the development of Chase Claypool. They've got to see Darnell Mooney return to form. And then also the other weapons on the offense contribute to stringing that passing game together to start. Yeah, they also have St. Brown. They brought in a rookie in Tyler Scott. They're trying to give Justin Fields some help there. Does it feel like Justin Fields' seat is as hot as we all make it out to be? Or do you think that we're overstating it when we're talking about Justin Fields not being Eberflus' guy, Mm -hmm. not being the front office's guy? Is this the make-or-break season for Justin Fields? Because it feels like a lot to ask of a quarterback when you just mentioned it. Had the worst passing offense in the league last season. I mean, they won three games. So what are we expecting him to be able to do, even with more weapons around him? That was by design. They told Justin Fields when they completed the complete teardown of this roster In 2022, we need you to play quarterback with one hand tied behind your back and with tons of holes on this roster. 
and prove, okay, you're worth keeping instead of us with the number one pick, which the Bears had, using that pick to go get Bryce Young. He did that. They trade that pick to Carolina. But what they got in exchange, not just DJ Moore, it's that additional first-round pick in 2024. Year three is always pivotal for every quarterback because with these first-rounders, at the end of the season, you've got to make a decision on their fifth-year option, which is like the first step towards paying a guy. So this season and the expectations and the burden that's kind of on Justin Fields to show not that like it's a complete finished product. That's not what you're going to see this year because, again, there still are holes in this roster. Can you show signs to the front office that you can be the franchise guy one day? I don't think you need to be that person in totality after the 2023 season. But can they not use that extra first-round pick on a quarterback next year because something went so drastically wrong this year where they're like, hey, we've got to at least start thinking about what's ahead. And they wouldn't just trade Justin Fields. They would end up, if if things went so poorly this year that they're thinking about another quarterback, they'd keep him on the roster for one more year, have a competition to see who ends up winning out. But if they're in, if they're, if things do not go well at the quarterback position, Amber, things probably aren't going well with the win loss record, which means that they could be in play for a Drake may um, Caleb Williams, you name it, one of the top passers, but they're not even thinking that really in Chicago right now, because I think, Everything they've seen with Justin Fields and everything we've heard about what are those next steps in his development, he's hitting all the he's checking all the boxes right now. But again, if that doesn't come in the form of a passing game that averages more than 128.5 yards per game, then there's still some issues with what's going on at quarterback. What is going well in Chicago this season by Courtney Cronin's <laughs> estimate here? I mean, is it doubling your wins? Like if you go from three to six ones, is it is that a good season by their standards in Chicago? Yeah. Where are they setting the bar? I think you have to look at this realistically. Like thinking the whole worst to first element, like that just doesn't come into play all that often. Yes, I know the Cincinnati Bengals did it a few years ago. I don't think the Bears are on that trajectory just yet. However... Six wins, seven wins, eight wins. Eight wins would be remarkable. They were three and eleven, three and fourteen last year. Like, imagine going from last place in the NFC North to third or even second, and from last place in the NFL to drafting outside of the top ten potentially. That's huge for the Chicago Bears. Now, is it realistic? They don't have like the world's like hardest schedule. They've got Arizona, they've got Tampa Bay, they've got Denver on there. Those are a couple teams that they should be very evenly matched with. And I take a look at what they have going forward with the core that they have around Justin Fields. Like they've built everything. They have poured all their resources into making this offense better than it was last year, which should give you more than 3 wins. Like that's if it looks anything like it did last year, there's a lot of questions about the plan that they've put in place to make this thing, this rebuild, get off the ground. And I think that you'd be looking at the quarterback first and foremost as maybe the the person holding that up if things do not go according to plan and they improve off three wins. Every other team in that division had at least eight wins last season. Of course, a huge change in that division in Green Bay, who had yes. eight wins last season. Obviously, now they're going to be doing it with Jordan Love instead. How much do you think that's going to factor into the equation? Like, if the Bears end up better than Green Bay, and, you, you know, still nowhere near the Vikings, maybe even not the Lions, a lot of people high on the Lions as we add into the season. But is beating Green Bay, is that like the utmost importance because of that rivalry there? Or does it not matter much? I, I do think it matters because they open up with that America's Game of the Week time slot in week one at home 
against Jordan Love. So you have Justin Fields, who we've seen the very beginning of what he could potentially be, and we have not seen that same body of work with Jordan Love. And he's been there longer than Justin Fields has been with the Chicago Bears. So for the first time since, I don't know, 1990, they have a change at quarterback where it's not Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. So for Bears fans that had to deal with Aaron Rodgers and his 24-5 and record against the Chicago Bears as a starter, it's a welcome change and one that I honestly think they feel they have the upper hand on. Now, we'll see. I don't think the Packers are going to fall off nearly as much as the narrative that's out there that they're like in the midst of a rebuild because they're not because you usually siphon off assets like the Bears did last year if you're going to completely tear it down. I think they're going to be a deep. I think the Vikings are going to fall off this year, but I think the Packers are going to be, you know, right around where they were last year, not completely tanking to the bottom of the NFC North. So if you have the Vikings falling off, then this division, I mean, I'm not going to say it's wide open for the Bears because you just mentioned the Bears still have a lot of rebuilding Mm -hmm. to do for a team that ripped it all the way down to the studs. But if the Vikings take a a step back, unless you are a true believer in this Lions team. Oh, I am. I know you're not. I am not. I am not. So you have the Lions winning the division this year. You have Minnesota, I assume, still. I have a third. Yeah, I I would have... Green Bay, I would have like Minnesota either like second or third. It kind of just depends how the first couple weeks go before you can get like a real feel for how Jordan Love performs. But Minnesota got a big boost over the weekend when Daniil Hunter ended up agreeing to that one-year $20 million contract. Like you keep your best pass rusher in play for a defense that absolutely needs a restart and a reboot, and they're going to get that with Brian Flores. I think the Bears still finish fourth in the division, and that's not a bad thing because they're a rebuilding team. It's just like two and three. If a couple things break right for Minnesota and Kirk Cousins can still be that guy from that 13-4 and four season, then they're probably the second team, Green Bay third, and if things kind of go opposite, then it's Green Bay second, Minnesota third. But I still have the Bears as, as finishing fourth in the NFC North, But that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. They will still be able to show marked improvement and finish fourth in a division that is still wide open. So it's not about creeping your way up the division if you're the Chicago Bears this season. It is still about, though, taking a big step forward. And also Justin Fields proving that he is the guy there for the future. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, you can also watch us on ESPNU. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin with you. We're going to discuss signing babies and ringtones. We'll explain. What's next? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. We all like football season and all the things that go with it. And apparently with it means signing babies and ringtones as well. We will get into some of the weirdness here surrounding training camp of late. But we love when you join the conversation. Amber Wilson, Courtney Cronin, hanging out with you. You can find her on X at Courtney R. Cronin. We're really gone with that. I I hate it. Uh, You can find me at Amber W. Sports. Also, you can join the conversation by chiming in. 888-SAY-ESPN. That is the number to do so. And that is what Jason did. Jason is calling us from Phoenix. Hey, Jason. Thanks for the call. Go ahead. All right. Thanks for having my call. Appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to get into this like running back situation a little bit here. Uh, I kind of just feel like, you know, everybody's all these owners kind of agreed amongst themselves not to play the running back, but, and people kind of buy it. uh, But the premise to me, just, it doesn't make sense. The premise is that these guys aren't, there's no difference makers amongst the running back position. I was using uh, Hunter Henry as an example. He's being paid 17 million. I don't think anybody would rather have Hunter Henry than Saquon Barkley. Am I mistaken on that? You are certainly not mistaken, but the conversation to me, Courtney, isn't that nobody's better than the next guy at the running back position. There certainly are tiers of importance at the running back position, not just in terms of production, but if you're talking about a Saquon Barkley in terms of what he means to that team, in terms of what he means as a leader of that locker room, as a captain on that team, and as a veteran of that team, right? However, it's offsetting that with the actual cost of the body breaking down with where we see the trajectory of these careers over the course of their time in the NFL. So it's not that Saquon's not better than another running back in the league. Of course he's better, but are you able to replace Saquon with somebody on a rookie deal? There's a lot of talent that comes out of the collegiate level at that position. Mm -hmm. And will there be somewhat of a fall off? Most likely, but will it be so much that it, in fact, it prohibits you if you don't end up paying Saquon what he feels like he's owed in the future. I think what the NFL is showing us that the running back position and the ability to plug and play, so to speak, is far easier than doing that at other positions. And it's not that the running back position isn't a skilled position, because it certainly is, but we can find that talent. This is the NFL owners talking. We can find that talent more easily than we could replacing a Hunter Henry, for example. And to Jason's point, you know, would you want to have someone like Hunter Henry, who's a terrific tight end, or would you want to have a Saquon Barkley? Like, it's you got to think about it. They kind of do a lot of the same things in terms of pass protection. Tight ends are told to block. Running backs are told to block. Yet the toll on a running back's body when they're blocking – when they have to, you know, there's a blitz pickup, whatever it is, and then they have to run the ball and they get tackled, they have a far higher rate of injury than other positions, which is why the ability to replace them has become so important for NFL teams. Now, it's... It's, it stinks that we've gotten to this point, that they have become so replaceable. And, yeah, there are stars out there who have gone above and beyond the Christian McCaffreys of the world, even, you know, go back a couple of years ago 
to Alvin Kamara, to Dalvin Cook, to guys who signed those big deals during the COVID season. It's what those deals became that I feel like was a warning sign to the rest of the NFL that these contracts don't usually look good at the end. And that's what the current group of front offices and owners are trying to avoid going forward with paying this current crop of running backs, like following the lessons of the past, more or less, so they right. don't end up making those same mistakes. Yeah, you pay Ezekiel Elliott. It doesn't work out in terms yeah. of the contract, it's right? One. It's not – I mean, you're seeing it with Dalvin Cook right now. You referenced him coming off of his deal. Well, now there's a market out there for Dalvin Cook again, but obviously teams willing to pay less money for Dalvin Cook at this point in his career. So it's not like these running backs aren't wanted or aren't coveted to any degree. Just wanted at a lower price. Wanted at a lower price. And it's not that – one isn't better than the other because certainly there are quarter, or running backs that are better than other running backs. But the other thing that we've seen, Courtney, is that you can win a Super Bowl without the most elite running back. And that has harmed the entire position. You don't need the best running back in the NFL and now a pass happy league. You see it time and again with Kansas City. So that all of that has factored into, again, the money problems here for the running back. It's not that you can't have a running back that's excellent, it's that you don't want to pay that guy more than what you feel like his worth is going to be down the road because of the longevity of these careers. Amber Wilson, Courtney Cronin hanging out with you. I promised you that we were going to talk about signing babies, though. And Courtney Cronin's out there at Bears Camp. Did you see Justin Fields sign the baby, Courtney? I didn't see it in real time. I saw it afterwards. I was doing an interview with DJ Moore for our Back Together weekend coverage in this video that you see right now. Now, if you're watching on ESPNU, is of a fan. Like there's a, there's a fence that divides fans from players at the Bears facility at Hallis Hall in Lake Forest. And this fan said, "Can you sign my baby? She's wearing this little infant. I can't probably nothing more than a couple months old. Is wearing a number one Justin Fields onesie, and." The mom, grandma, whoever it is, having a little trouble at first, you know, hoisting <laughs> this little one up above so Justin Fields can, you know, get around it to sign on the on the number one of this baby's jersey. But it, when somebody alerted me to this, say, hey, Justin signed a baby today. I was like, did he actually, like, sign the baby? He signed the baby's onesie. But yeah. He didn't I thought sign, that too. like the baby's when, head. When which, I first which I saw the, head, like, I, an f- issue with. I first saw the the headline: Justin Fields signs a baby. And Me I, like, too. I had him physically signing, like the skin of the baby. That's what <laughs> I thought. I don't know about that. Baby skin's really sensitive. Like, yeah, we're having him take a sharpie and and write on. <laughs> eh, it's a questionable oh, decision there by the parents. But you're right, mom hoists him or assuming that it's his mom hoists her over the over the fence i mean mom actually climbs up to get a better positioning to hoist the baby over the fence and at first i thought she was handing her child to justin here Field. your problem now you deal with the child <laughs> which i thought that's a heck of a move i mean you know we'll see uh, he he certainly has to protect the football this season i don't know though if i'm going to hand my child to justin fields that's a lot of trust there so he ends up realizing that he signed the onesie the onesie's super cute because it says fields on the back and it's like one of those little baby onesies and the baby's adorable she's got the bow in her hair and it's such a tiny little justin fields jersey onesie i mean i don't even know where they found that thing with the number one of course on her back so he signs in the white of the number one adorable also Maybe not so adorable, but funny was Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider on Back to Football show with his ringtone being revealed to America. 
Coming up next, we got a lot going on. You absolutely are not going to want to miss it. So we had a call. Oh. An, we had a call an audible because that was a uh, forty-eight second clip, and there was less okay. than a minute in the segment. So there you go. Yeah. Well, he just said one minute in my ear, so I thought forty-eight seconds. I thought we had forty-eight we, seconds, but I appreciate that the audible that you guys called was just calling me out for my tease. Which, Coming up next, we got a lot going on. That absolutely the are not going to want to miss it. Have. That should be the ringtone of Adam Schefter. You know why? Because I'm intrigued by that tease. I don't see what was wrong with that tease. I think it's excellent. Made me want to listen in. Exactly. I I think it made America want to listen. I mean, what do we have going on? A lot. Coming up next here, Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin. You know what we have going on? A lot. (laughs) You are not going to want to miss it, America. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.